Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. Got a good friend Jason Illion with me. Jason, welcome to Training for Manhood. Thanks for having me, Dan. You bet. Um, there's a there's a lot of things. I'm not going to go into your resume because uh, it's uh, it's varied and kind of crazy. And I've known you for too long, so there's probably things that uh, in your past I would uh, I would stop and I would focus on, and that would take the whole program. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> so, but we'll go from um, you know athlete, entertainer, uh, businessman, family man. Uh, you've done um, a lot of different things, and uh, and our cross our paths have crossed. Um, a number of different times, which has always been a blessing for me. So um, I appreciate being able to just kind of sit down um, and gain a little wisdom from you for our guys that we're passing on, because that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about um, just uh, wisdom that has been passed on to you, um, just kind of from your father or other men. Uh, and you're raising two boys and a wonderful daughter. I want to focus on, um, it can be really all three, because the wisdom is really to all three of your, you know, your kids, but really kind of the, you know, those boys specifically, um, the sure. wisdom that you're taking, you're passing on to them as well. And so it's just kind of like that, you know, that shared wisdom that's, uh, that's gotten to you um, through the men that have spoken to you in your life. And then that, as you look to your, uh, to your children, what is it that you're looking to pass on to them as well? Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you sparing the audience my resume. It's not really that interesting. And sometimes <laughs> I wonder how, you know, if you're, if I'm like most parents, how do we try to transition from being this underpaid Uber driver to more of a, you know, Sherpa <laughs> and discipler, right, of, of our kids. And so yes, this is something that, I wrestle that... with every day, right? And, yeah. and, and you're going to be Uber driving them anyway. So how do we combine the two? so that we are actually sharing wisdom and, and that thing. So I really appreciate that the topic that you're trying to hit on. Yes. Yeah. So um, what, what would you say? Let, let's start with, um, you know, young Jason growing up. Um, what would you say would be the um, major life lessons that you learned, you learned as a young man um, that were kind of passed on to you? This could be dad, it could be coaches, it could just be other, um, you know, men speaking into your life. Um, what would you say that were were your big, you know, two or three just kind of things that you got, you know, this this was a major life transformation moment for me, a gold nugget, something that really kind of resonated with me in life uh, that you walked away with as men has, have spoken into you? Yeah, you know, so I think, first of all, just a little framework so that everyone knows that I grew up in a house that went to church, mm-hmm. but didn't really have the church grow up in us, right? And I think there's a big difference between like churchgoers and disciples, right? Like yeah. church, churchgoers study God, but disciples worship God. And yeah. churchgoers get smarter while disciples are transformed. And then those disciples transform the world around them, right? And so there, there's a big difference between showing up on Sunday, but or having Sunday and the, the word of God live in your heart. And so I grew up just going to church. I was that church goer. Yeah. Right. And I didn't have a bunch of these conversations with my dad. My dad wasn't a follower of Christ at the time. He's since become one of them, but I didn't have a bunch of those. But God was kind enough to surround me with other godly men. And mm. and one of the things that he's had me wrestle with, even since I was, you know, 17 when I became a believer, is the passage in First Kings where David's dying, right? And his charge to Solomon is be strong and show yourself. Show yourself a man. A man. <laughs> I love show yourself it. a yep. man, right? And so you have to ask yourself, like, if he could have told Solomon anything, yeah. why did he say that? Yeah. Right? Like, why did he say, show yourself a man? And I think with that, there comes a few things that 
um, guys refined over time, a few characteristics and kind of key paths that God's trying to take us down as men and things that I'm trying to teach my boys too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the first one I'm, I'm trying to teach my boys is be teachable, right? In, in all aspects of life. And I think being teachable both comes from, you know, being in the word of God and being teachable from the scriptures itself, but also being teachable from other men, you know, and yeah. in first Peter five, it states like, you know, it says, you know, likewise, those who are younger, be subject to your elders, like close yourself in, in humility and God opposes the proud. He gives grace to the humble. He's like mm -hmm. giving a charge to say, be teachable. And even, you know, even Christ, when he was in his bodily earthly form, right before he chose the disciples, he went up all night on the mountain type to pray, right. And to spend time with his, with his father, he was teachable. Yeah. And so I think that's a, that's a big thing for kids nowadays is just like, are they teachable? Are they humble? You know, can, can they continue to be grown and see the wisdom of the elders around them and put themselves under, under somebody else? And that's not only just as me as their dad, which I, I want to disciple my kids, but I also encourage my boys too and try to help them. What other four or five men are in your life um, that can help teach you? Um, yeah. And if you're a parent, you know this, right? That you can say something a thousand times and then your good buddy says it and they look like a genius. Yes. Right? It's the it's same thing you've been saying yeah. for 45 I've been, I've been years. Say, so. Yeah, I've been saying it a thousand times. You finally got it. Uh, let me ask you this. As far as the be teachable thing, I think we put so much pressure on our young kids in a sense to... Um, to, to know everything already. Um, you know, I watch, you know, kids, you know, we got kids who play basketball. You'll go to these basketball tournaments of, you know, third, fourth, fifth graders. Um, right. and they're, they're doing things out there that, you know, most, you know, college age kids aren't doing yet. And, and there's so much expectation that these, you know, 12 year old kids, um, are going to be in the NBA next year. And I think right. that, that resonates into, um, you know, not just from an athletic standpoint, but in life, um, we expect our, you know, our 12 year old kids to know everything and to, and to make major life decisions. And so in a sense that the be teachable immediately puts a, a, you know, a young person in the idea of saying, you don't know everything, um, you need to learn things, but yet we place so much of an expectation, um, you know, that they're, they're making major life decisions. I mean, for athletes today, you know, NIL in you know, the name likeness, uh, image thing, right. Where young kids are getting millions of dollars, uh, while they're still, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old. And so how do you remain teachable, um, and, you know, humble yourself, when humility is not something that really is um, an attribute that's going to get you very far, you know, kind of from the world's standards. Yeah, I think as parents, we have to cultivate a culture of um, it's okay to be curious and it's okay to fail, hmm. right? Like we, yep. we, we want our kids to fail, right? We want our kids to fail at small things because that's where we get our best life lessons, right? None of us want our kids to fail at like, hey, drinking and driving and getting in an accident. That's, that's a big thing, but yeah. the small things in life, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, it's okay to not do well in your first piano recital because you haven't played piano before, right? Like we yep. want you to get better at this, but you have to go try that. So I, I think that of the, the dads that I've been around, the kids that I think are really healthy, they're very curious, right? They're willing to try new things and their parents have created this framework, this structure in their own home that, it's okay to go down a path other ones haven't gone down. Mm. If you look at some of the, 
even the great athletes, like we always talk about, and you brought this up, like, hey, they should be, you see kids in third and fourth grade doing what NBA stars. Well, that's true. But if you also look at other athletes, there are, you know, plays people like Roger Federer who didn't even pick up a racket until high school, yep. right? And then became, and he was playing all sorts of sports. And his parents even would tell you, it's like, we just let him navigate to whatever he felt like he wanted to do until mm -hmm. he saw that focus himself. And so I think we have to build that that culture that encourages curiosity, that encourages failure, that encourages them to try new things. And that actually comes to the second thing that I teach my kids is you got to learn to be adaptable. Okay. Right? Like, and the, the scripture that always come, comes to me on this one is in, I think it's John 3, 8 or so, where it says the wind blows wherever it pleases, right? You mm. hear it sounds, you don't know where it comes from, where it's going. So it is everyone born in the spirit. So we live in a society, I mean, it's changing so quickly. Yeah. Right. Like, and I live in the world of technology and culture and I'm around these companies every day that go from zero to a trillion dollars, which feels like they've done it overnight. Mm. But if you're going to be um, a change maker in the form of Christ, you have to be adaptable and you, you don't get to plan out the next 45 steps. I think as parents, we want to do that for our kids. Well, you're going to do this and then you're going to take this class and then you're going to do get an A in you know, honors spanish and then you're going to go do this and then i'm like okay it's fine to have a plan but we have to listen to the spirit of god yeah yeah and that spirit may blow us a different direction because we can't see the wind and i want my kids to be adaptable and i want to be adaptable that like yeah maybe my son could be a college basketball player but what if he instead decides to be a missionary or what if instead he decides to pick up the french horn or who knows right yeah um I think we have to be adaptable and we have to encourage that in our kids because when you start to look at the next generation and what they're going to become, even when they have a professional career, most kids are changing careers four, five, six, seven times. Mm. And it's because the culture and the technology and our companies are changing so fast. So if we have kids that don't know how to adapt, which goes with being teachable and curious and learning to fail, we're just putting them on a bad path. And so yeah. you have to be, you have to be adaptable to those things. I like I like the concept, right? That you're bringing up, right? Adaptability, um, because it kind of goes back to the old, you know, school concept of you know quitters, um, you know, never win, and and the whole idea that um, that you would force a person to stay in something even if they weren't good at it, because quitting was just simply never an option. Uh, and I've talked to young people about you know these concepts before when they kind of you know they they have they've lost interest in something, but it's like, well, I just can't quit it. And I'm like, why? Why why can't you move on to something else that you're interested in and you're passionate about? And I know that we don't want our kids to quit and walk away from things um, simply because things are difficult, too hard, or or you know they've in a sense kind of lost interest. Um, we want them to work hard and try at things. But you know, as as you're kind of putting out there, there's a lot of things out there to try. <laughs> you don't you don't know if you're good at something. Until you try, maybe you fail, you push through something. Um, but, you know, sometimes you have to put, you know, the, the football down to pick up the French horn. You don't know you're you good know. at it until you stop doing something else. Right. And I think as parents, the the approach we need to take is, yeah, we're not going to let them quit in the middle of the season because mm -hmm. that doesn't teach anything. But there needs to be checkpoints. Like at the end of the season, is this still the best thing? Yeah. Is this the thing God's calling us to? And I think for parents, this is sometimes more of, a bigger challenge for us than even our kids is I like, would agree. Oh, I saw my son playing football for four years. Well, what if he doesn't? Are yeah. you okay with that? And yeah. the reality is I think there's a lot of dads that are saying, if they're being honest, they're saying, no, I'm not right. I want my kid to play football, but 
what if the spirit of God takes him a different direction? Yeah. Are you okay with that? Yeah. And so, and I, so we got to encourage the dads, but we also got to encourage the kids to say and be honest enough. And this is where you have to have that good father son relationship that he can come to you and say, I always loved football, but something's changing in me. And I really want to go try karate or, you know, I'm going to learn how to, you know, do whatever else that's on my heart, right. Yeah. Speak another language. And as a parent, we need to be okay with those things and be willing and open to seeing where that goes. And um, I'm always trying to hold it loosely, even in my own house. I'll tell you, my my youngest son is an amazing basketball player, and he doesn't love basketball. And so we're not making him play. We just said, hey, I may pick it up later in high school if I just want to do it, but I'm going to do some other things. And my answer has been, okay. And he was also the one that jumped on stage and said, hey, I want to try this musical that was coming up. Keep in mind, he'd never been on stage and mm. he'd never sang. I didn't even know if he could <laughs> sing. And I'm like, okay, go. And lo and behold, he gets the lead role um, as a, you know, a fourth grader in this wow. play. And so, but I wouldn't, that wouldn't have worked if I was holding on so tightly that, well, he's got to be in basketball season and he's a great athlete and he is a good athlete, but what if that's not what God has for him? Yeah. One of my favorite life lessons, I lived with a um, Olympic gold medalist wrestler, Shelby Wilson. Um, and uh, he won the 1960, you know, gold medal in, in wrestling was an Oklahoma state wrestler. So wrestling was in his blood. Wrestling was everything. You know, he was, he's, you know, he's got a statue of himself outside of, you know, um, Ponca city, Oklahoma. Um, but he had three daughters and, and I asked him one time about that. We were, we were chatting, you know, I lived with him, uh, he and his wife, Gretchen. And, um, I said, what was it like to have three daughters, you know, as a, as a wrestler, right? Cause right, I mean, right. he coached wrestling, lived wrestling. And he said, it was God's gift to me and to my daughters. He goes, because if I had a son, I'd have made him a wrestler. Yeah. And, and just kind of, that, he knew that, right. That concept, but God gave him three daughters that wrestling, right. was not a sport for young girls to go into at that time. Uh, and so he allowed them to be whatever they wanted to be. And he could just be their dad and just be their parent. He didn't have to be their wrestling coach as well. And so I just, you know, I think about that from a parenting perspective that, you know, so often we try to mold and shape our kids into the image of what we think is valuable instead of what God has gifted them for. So um, I well, love that. Well, and I think that goes along with uh, you know, whatever they do, right? Athletically, academically, creatively, right? We want them to be self-disciplined, mm -hmm. right? Like we want them to work hard and be self-disciplined. That, that's the goal here. And that's the second Timothy one seven, right? Where it says, God does not give us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline, right? Like that's what we want for our kids. And so yes. if we, if we want them, and this is what we always say to what I always say to my sons and my daughters, like, I want you to be self-disciplined. They're going to do that if they're on the path and they feel called down that path. Right. Yeah. And, and whether that's wrestling, right. Or playing the French horn or learning karate or, you know, being a driver's ed student or whatever it is, they're going to work hard at that. If they feel like this is something that they, they feel called to and can excel at. And yeah. so um, we have to encourage that. And, you know, I think that the whole self-discipline concept, we often tell our kids like, uh, get off Xbox, get off your screen. I mean, I, this is a story that we're all saying multiple times a day, right? Because right. we have these very distracting phones and other things around us. But I think they become less distracting when our kids are on purpose. Yeah. And, and when we're not disciplining them, they have self-discipline, right? They're doing it themselves. And you know 
this is happening when you can see your son or daughter start to, when they got free time, they're not going to their phone. They're not going to the Xbox and I'm just going to chat with their kids. They're going outside to hit volleyballs on their own, right? They are going to play the piano on their own. You can tell that they're navigating to something that God's really put on their heart, not on yours. And um, that's where as parents, we have to be the adaptable too, to seeing where the, the spirit of God is taking them so that they can develop that self-discipline because that's the same self-discipline you'll need in life. Because as you and I and any older person knows, life doesn't always go as you expect it. <laughs> True, true. I love it. Okay. So teachable and adaptable, great life principles. What else? Yeah. So I'd say teachable, adaptable. The the third one is also self-discipline, which we just talked about, right? Okay. Um, And then I would say one thing that's been really um, important to me, probably because I've never been very good at it, Mm -hmm. is be a man of prayer. Okay. You know, just really being in the word of God and really learning how to not only just study scripture, but then walk away and have that one-on-one communication. I always come back to like Luke 11, when the disciples could have asked for anything from Jesus and then he asked them what? How to pray. You just to pray. Like, I mean, think about this for a second. You're coming to the creator of the universe. You could have been asked for superpowers to heal. Like, I want to fly <laughs> like Superman. Yep. Like he could, they could have asked for anything. And they said, teach us how to pray. So if they asked for that, they made some connection that when he prayed, something remarkable happened in their hearts and in the world. Yeah. Like I'm not that type of man. Most of the time, like if I'm being honest, I am not that type of prayer warrior that when I pray, the earth literally moves, right? Like God hears me. I'm in line with his will and the, the seas part and, you know, things change, but I desire that. Mm. Right. And so I, I want my, I want my sons to know, like, as your earthly father, you can certainly come to me and I want you to come to me and I'm opening those lines of communication, but I want you to talk directly to your heavenly father. Mm. I want you to have that direct line to him that, you know, a, a man of great prayer is always a godly man, right? Because when you're tied to the creator of the universe and you're doing this, things change in your heart and in the hearts around you. And so I want my sons to be what I am typically not, which is a man of great prayer. And to realize this is, it's not just something we do before bed. It's not just something we do before meal. It's a constant communication with the Lord. And if they can develop that, right, then their whole thing about their self-identity that so many kids struggle with, right, or about the pressure or being a great athlete, all that stuff just melts away because guess what? They know they're loved by the Father. But that starts because they're, you know, developing a life of prayer. And so um, if you can be a man of prayer and you can instill that in your boys, I think that you will see them grow up to be incredibly humble, strong, bold, courageous men because they know the Heavenly Father. I love it. I love it. You know, oftentimes in scripture, we see prayer and fasting put together um, as spiritual disciplines that people do. And I think... Um, you know, at, at times in my life, uh, when I go back and I look at, um, you know, times that I really wanted to hear from God and I included fasting as a, as a part of that kind of spiritual discipline, it's a bit amazing how, um, God's used that to remind me, um, that, you know, fasting from things of the world so that you can feast on things from God, um, shouldn't be something that is an abnormal reality, right? It should be something that's a pretty normal concept. Um, yeah. you know, that, well, that, 
Okay. In the fast, in the fasting part, right? To me, is like that ties back to our last point of also being self-disciplined, right? Like, mm-hmm. can you can you discipline yourself enough to to fast so that you can develop that life of prayer? Like, these aren't separate characteristics that stand alone in their own silos. They're they all seem to be tied yep. together, right? Yep. Little and Legos I, getting stuck together to build something. That's right. And you know, there's probably somebody listening right now that says fasting. Like, geez, I'm never going to try that. And the reality is like that's okay. I was there once too. <laughs> I, I was there thinking like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, but as God continued to move my heart in different other areas, he put other Legos down. Then all of a sudden that started to make more sense. And, um, and I think God does that for us, right? He shows us enough grace to put the pieces in place when we need them um, so that we stand on the right blocks at the right time to see over the edge we need to see. Yeah. I always think about it when, uh, you know, my, one of my favorite meals is sea bass. Um, I love a good Chilean sea bass. Um, and there's a couple of places in Dallas that you can go get some great sea bass. Um, but I always tell people, it's like, imagine if I, you know, stopped at McDonald's on the way to, you know, Kona grill to get the sea bass, Um, you know, had, had a couple, you know, uh, McDoubles for a buck 50 a piece and then showed up for the sea bass and, you know, they put it in front of me and I was like, I'm kind of full. Um, and I wouldn't enjoy it as much. And I think people, you know, miss the idea, as you said, right? Like, you know, when I hear about, you know, fasting or, you know, prayer and fasting and just kind of like, well, that, you know, that's not something I would even think about trying. Um, my concept is always like, well, here's the deal. If you really want to get the depth of what God is doing and be able to listen to him, you have to be able to turn off the noise of other things. Um, and so if you really want to enjoy that Chilean sea bass, I mean, if, if, you know, if you and I were going to dinner, you know, and we we're going to Kona grill and getting Chilean sea bass, we would not stop at McDonald's on the way there. Right, right? Right, we, right. we we would fast from anything else so that we would enjoy um, something that we knew was going to be great and awesome. And I think just, you know, as, as you're laying down these things, being teachable, being adaptable, having self-discipline, being a man of prayer, um, there are things that we have to say no to so that we can say yes to these concepts. Um, there's there's noise in the world that um, constantly tells us um, other things that are important, and we we can easily pursue those things, um, and we can you know we can we can achieve those. We can we can get to those things, but to really be teachable and to learn to listen, um, to be adaptable, to to flow where the spirit would move us, and to change and to to say, hey God, where do you want to use me? To have the self discipline to say you know no to the minor things so I can focus on the major things, and then to be having a prayer life so that we can actually be in that constant communication and we can actually hear from God uh, and learn and listen and respond. Right? Those are all things um, that take time to. To, to train ourselves to do. Uh, and it isn't something we're going to do, you know, today, tomorrow, but it is something we can look forward to and say, Hey, as I take these small steps, this is something I can see a, you know, a life transformation process uh, to become a different person after a while. So I, yeah. I love the concept that you're laying down. Yeah. Well, and you said it even better than I did. And I think it's part of that training, right? Like, like you'd mentioned where, it is training, right? It's retraining ourselves to to be teachable, adaptable, to be a man of prayer. Like we've got to change our habits. And that means that there are things you say no to, and then there are things you have to reprioritize. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you can't do them. It just has to be in the right prioritization in life, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we constantly talk about the importance of reading. Um, and I, I think, you know, when, when I look through your list of, you know, things that you want to pass on to your kids, um, I, I think about just the importance of being able to read and to hear from 
um, God to train my mind to be able to listen and to learn. Um, that was one of the things that, that my dad passed on to me was a love for God's word uh, and a love for learning, right? So we, yeah. we used to do math problems together, as weird as that sounds. <laughs> my dad was, you know, an engineer and, you know, once a month got a, you know, a math magazine and would flip it over to the backside and, you know, we'd start, you know, tearing through these weird math problems. Um, but, you know, it, it taught me um, that there's never an end to, you know, loving to learn, right? There's always something new out there to discover. And uh, and he was, you know, a man as an older man, I looked up to and I just said, hey, he he's always learning. He's always reading. He's always, you know, developing his mind, um, you know, and, and that starts with uh, time in God's word and then goes on to other things. And I think I talked to so many um, you know, people, so many men, and they don't spend time in God's word. Um, you know, for a lot of young guys, it's, you know, I have a difficulty in reading. I don't read very well. And I'm just like, you got to spend time in God's word, right? That's that's where it all starts. That's how you get to get closer to God and really get a heart for him uh, and can hear his heart. So I think that's a, that's a good reminder for me. Yeah, well, and that's, you actually hit on the, the last thing that I share with my boys. And I try to reiterate every day is God first. Right. God it's first. the Matthew 6, 33, right? Seek mm -hmm. first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And then all these things will be added unto you. And how you practice that is if you look at your normal day in your calendar, how many days do our kids get up and they go to 6 a.m. weights and then 7.30 practice and then 9 o'clock, you know, stretching. And then and I'm like, okay, where's God? Where's God? Yep. And, and, by, and by the way, these aren't bad things. It's just that seek God first. And every time I tell my kids that, I feel like a giant mirror steps up and said, ah, have you done this? Right. In so many days, like yeah. we, we often joke in our family that it, we don't always just want to be great. We just want to suck less, right? Like right now I suck at some of these things. Can I suck less? Because that'll make me get greater faster. Yep. So like you may not get up every morning and get in the word of God first, but that's the goal. Like yeah. our goal in our house is to say, Hey, when I, when we get up in the mornings, let's all be in the word of God because it sets our minds and our hearts right for the rest of the day. And yeah. so, you know, I think you and I shared, I just got back from Israel. We took our whole family over there. Mm. Um, I would tell anybody listening as a family, you probably spend a lot of money on other vacations, whatever it takes to save up and go, you need to go because it'll transform your heart, but also your kids' hearts. And one of the best memories that I have on this trip was we've been there for 10, 11 days and we had to get up really early, like three in the morning to mm -hmm. you know, get our flight back. So we're on the van, the flight, everybody's exhausted, right? Cause we've slept for like four hours or something. I look back in the van and in the back, my 15 year old son is reading the Bible mm -hmm. on his own. And I'm like, that's it. Like, yeah. that's exactly and by the way, I can I can also state a thousand times that I've done this poorly <laughs> with my kids, but this was a aha etched on my heart moment yep. of God is working on him, and he's 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 finally learning the God first thing. Yeah. And um, and there's lots of times that I as a dad fail them and don't set up the right frameworks and don't lead out well in prayer or not as self disciplined as I need to be or not as teachable, right? Like all of these things I'm showing with my sons, but I'm also working to implement my own life on a daily basis. Amen. And, and we all know this because even at our age, we'd be like, Oh, look, the cheeseburger, or should I eat the salmon? Well, I have a cheeseburger. I'm like, come on, Jason, come on. That's not helping the temple here. Eat the salmon, be disciplined. Right. Like, yep. yep. And so all of our little decisions add up to our big ones and they're a reflection of for our kids. And so it's the same thing. If you're 
son sees you at 6 a.m. in the word of God, he's going to realize and he's probably going to tell his kids one day, well, it was just what my dad did. He got up every day at six and read the word. If you get up every day at six and check your email and get on your phone calls, guess what he's going to think, right? I mean, it's this is not complicated. And so all these things of teachable, adaptable, self-discipline, a man of prayer and God first, these are the things we're working on. And um, like I said, we don't do them perfectly. I don't teach them perfectly, but the word of God states them perfectly, right? Yeah. And we're just doing everything we can on a daily basis to conform to those um, and helping our son, helping my sons do that as well. So they can be men after God's own heart. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things I love is if you are a young man and you didn't grow up with a father who modeled this for you, um, these are things that you can start on your own. Um, you, you become a, you know, a, a man of prayer, right? Start communication, right? Start communicating with God, spend time in God's word. Um, the self-discipline um, will become obvious because there will be things that you read in God's word that you go, oh, well, these are things that I need to say no to. And these are things I need to say yes to. Um, and then the, you know, the teachability, right? The discernment about um, who do I listen to, right? What are the voices that are, that are in my head? Um, are they from the world or are they from the word? Um, and then the adaptability, right? What are the things that I need to hold on to loosely? And one of the things I really need to grip down on, um, those are all become more evident as you spend time in the word of God and you spend time around God's men um, speaking truth into your life. So if, even if you didn't have an older man, um, you know, that you grew up with as your biological father that showed you how to do this, um, I think, you know, one, you can start doing this at whatever your age you are. And then two, you can find an older man, right, to mentor and disciple you and to speak life into you. Um, one of the great things is, you know, there are men that are still older than I am, um, that I have speak life and, you know, into me, right? But now I've gotten to a point where I'm older than a lot of guys and uh, and I get to speak life into them. So um, I think, you know, it's it's a great thing that as uh, as you learn, as you listen, um, you know, as you lean into these things, you get to pass on what you've learned with some guys who are interested in, and, and are, are teachable. And I think that's yeah. a great reminder that you started with that. Well, and you got to remember, we, we don't know the environment, the place where our kids are going to live, right? Like right. we, once again, we have these great plans that we've set out for our kids, but we don't know that environment. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of like the, you know, the Israelites when they had to live in Babylon, right? That's, we often quote the verse for, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, like everything was perfect, but he's right. talking about, you got to live here. You got I mean, to live, live, you got to live among these, you got to live among these people that aren't like you, but I'm going to prosper you. And so, that strength has to come from within, yeah. right? It's kind of like, you know, we, we've all heard the um, the story recently of the sub that went down and collapsed mm -hmm. looking yep. for that Titanic, right? And really the reason a sub is able to go underwater at all is right because the pressure internally is greater than the pressure, pressure externally. As soon as that changes, it implodes, right? Yep. And it's the same thing for our kids. It's like when, the, when we have enough internally, the spirit of God operates within us, right? And we have that strength internally. It doesn't matter the pressure externally. It doesn't yep. matter where we live. It doesn't right. matter society. It doesn't matter politics. I mean, not. I'm not saying we shouldn't have an influence on all these things, but it doesn't matter which way it goes because the spirit of God lives within. And the mm. sub will not collapse. The, the human won't collapse because this, the power internally is greater than the power externally. Yep. And that's what I keep telling my kids is like, I don't get to set the place. Yeah, I'm sure you'd love to play NBA or I'd love, sure you'd love to, you know, CEO a company one day, but what if that's not what God has? What if yeah. he takes you down a more difficult path, right? A longer, twisting, windy path. And 
if that's the case, what's what's here? You know, what's in your heart? Where's where's God working on you so that He can refine you for whatever He's using in life? And so that's our jobs. Our jobs aren't to make sure that they're on a throne one day. Our jobs aren't to make sure that they're wealthy one day. But that's not our job. There's nowhere in scripture that says, I hope you train your kids so you can make millions of dollars. Yeah, it's not fair. Well, even even in saying that, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Spurgeon that said um, something about how, um, you know, uh, adversity, um, you know, has a lot of great men have come out of adversity. He's like, very few great men have come out of prosperity. Right. And, and so the concept is, is would you rather your kid um, be a millionaire, but not walk with the Lord um, or right. Be in great hardship, but, you know, be walking with the Lord. And, and, you know, as you read through scripture, there are very few people, right, that really were able to balance walking with the Lord and having great prosperity. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's, if you want your kid to really have a life of significance, meaning, um, you better figure out what that means and, and what that looks like, because if it's things of the world that are temporary, then that's what they'll pursue. But if it's yeah. things of God that are eternal, then the rest of the stuff doesn't matter. Well, I mean, one of the great things, and you mentioned this earlier, is that there's so much noise in our culture right and yeah. so much noise well the best thing that it's trying to do is just make us comfortable like yes. it's here to make us comfortable in whatever yeah. environment and have that satisfaction now versus having the discipline to wait for whatever satisfaction that the lord brings long term and so Amen. we have to develop that self-discipline in ourselves and in our kids to realize you're gonna have to go through hard things and we actually have something that hangs in our um kitchen that says you're made to do hard things. Amen. Like it's to tell our kids, like you are not designed here to, to take the easy path, right? We're going straight up this hill. I don't care water goes around the rock. We're going straight over it, <laughs> right? Because that's what God called us to. And it. it may be easier to walk around the thing, but if God calls us over to it, then he's either going to split it or we're going to climb straight up, whatever right. it takes. And so, but when you start to instill this and they see this in your life, because of your prayer and your work ethic and your discipline, then it doesn't guarantee that they'll follow God every single day of their lives, but it gives them the best chance that God will be close to them in all, all those steps. Mm. Now that's good stuff. Jason, thank you for uh, pouring into your kids and now pouring into these men that are listening. Um, these are great uh, reminders, teachable, adaptable, self-discipline, prayer, and God first. Good principles for life. Well, bro, it's always great to talk to you. I, I think I'm just learning from you when I come on these things. I'm not sure I'm dropping any wisdom here. Just come on here and listen to Dan. That's kind of my gear. That's my. It's, it's you know what? It's a mutual learning experience. So you and, you and I are learning together, and if anybody's listening, they're learning along with us. So it's that's, awesome. That's great. Anyway, yeah. we'll we'll look forward to having you on again soon, sometime. All right, Jason. Okay, thanks, buddy. All right, love you, man. You too. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable. Make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man. <laughs>